We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So as we've discussed in recent weeks here on The Vault, the Ravens have three choices when it comes to Lamar Jackson's future in Baltimore. Sign him to a long-term extension, franchise tag him, or tag and then trade him. And based on a recent report from NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, it's looking like the front office is leaning toward using option two on number eight after all. Much more on what that would mean coming up. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host, Sarah Ellison. It's Wednesday, February 1st, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. So are Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson still on good terms after Vick's harsh remarks about Lamar when he didn't play in that wildcard playoff game? Yeah, Vic answers that question ahead. Plus, the Ravens look to be zeroing in on offensive coordinator candidate Dave Canales. Seattle's quarterbacks coach has reportedly earned a second interview in Baltimore's ongoing process, so we'll dig into his resume later on in Topic 3. We have all that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. All right, Bobby, the first legitimate rumbling regarding Lamar Jackson's immediate future in Baltimore is now in play. So let's go. Give us the update. Well, first, Sarah, I think it's safe to say this won't likely be the first or last rumbling as we approach the new league year in March. But NFL Network's Ian Rappaport did have this to say Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson is going to be tanked. Exclusive or non-exclusive? I don't def- I don't firmly know the answer. My sense is it would be the exclusive. Okay. Because here's why. So yeah. if they give him the non-exclusive tag, then someone can sign Lamar Jackson to an offer sheet and get him with the price of two first rounders. If it's the exclusive tag, it costs Baltimore more. However, if at some point, and I don't think they will, but at some point they ever want to trade him, they set the price. So it'd be two. It'd be more than two first rounders. So if we get the exclusive tag. It basically raises the price in the event of a trade, which I don't think is going to happen. Yeah, okay, so Bobby, this is a pretty obvious move that the Ravens have to make in my mind because if the two sides can't get a deal done, there is no chance, none, that the Ravens would just let Lamar walk and only get a late third-round compensatory pick in return. So this move would ensure that they have more control over the situation and get something big-time in return if he leaves. Now... 
There is still hope that a long-term extension between Lamar and the Ravens can be reached, even though that prospect dwindles by the day. But as the team indicated in the end-of-season press conference, number eight isn't expected to be going anywhere outside of Baltimore anytime soon. And one way of ensuring that to be the case is via the exclusive franchise tag. You know, Sarah, we've been turning to our guy, Brian McFarland, of course, Baltimore's unofficial Ravens salary cap analyst, quite a bit in recent days. And for good reason, this is his time of year, and we're definitely looking forward to having him on the pod soon. But he recently shed some light on what this report would mean for Lamar and the franchise. And I know we both found this information to be super helpful in terms of truly understanding what the next couple months of business are expected to look like. So here's McFarland, courtesy of Russell Street Reports front office. If you tag exclusive, the initial number that counts is the non-exclusive number. The exclusive number gets set in stone, uh, again, based on when, when the Ravens tag and any changes that happen, but it gets set in stone the last day of the restricted free agent period, which is five days before the draft. Uh, That's when that number gets set in stone. Until then, actually, he would count at the $32.5 million. Now, you're still going to have to come up with the $13 million. If you're keeping him on on the tag, you still have to come up with the $13 million down the road, you know, right before the draft. But it does give them a little flexibility as far as cap goes. It gives them a little more time, maybe better way of saying it to kind of figure this out. So that's one of the little nuances uh, of the way this works, which probably allows them to, you know, okay, well, we're going to put the exclusive on you. You're only going to, for the time being, you're only going to count at the non-exclusive number and we're going to see what's out there. I just think that gives them more control over the process. I mean, obviously, again, they're going to have to have that 13 million in their pocket if nothing, if they don't move him. Uh, or he's staying one way or another. He intends to stay. But I just think that gives him a little control over the process. And if a team with the, you know, and there's, I don't think there is one out there, but the team with the 28th pick, you know, wants to sign him to an offer sheet for two first round picks and they're a good team and he's going to make them even better, then you, that's not, that's not value. Those two first round picks or low first round picks, probably that's not really great value. They're going to want to be, okay, we want to go to tech. We want to go to the, we want to go to the Texans and we want to go to Atlanta teams that have, you know, top 10 picks and you want Lamar and, you know, and, and okay, you Lamar, you want to go to Atlanta. Atlanta wants you, you know, let's work this out. But I just think that gives them a lot more control over the process. All right. So basically speaking monetarily, Placing the exclusive franchise tag on Lamar is technically the equivalent of doing the same as that of a non-exclusive tag, at least until late April comes around. Right. And even with the distinction of an exclusive tag, Sarah, it still goes in on the books initially as the same number as a non-exclusive tag, which buys the organization some time, over a month to be exact, to try and work out a long-term extension, despite that feeling so far out of reach right now. And remember, the Ravens only currently have $28 million in available cap space, which means regardless of which tag we're referring to here, the exclusive is expected to come in around $45 million and change, or the non-exclusive at $32 million and change. Both would put Baltimore over the cap. And as we discussed on Tuesday's Morning Vault, episode number 166 in the archives, Eric DaCosta has some tough decisions to make in the cap casualty department in order to make room for this reported franchise tag. But Sarah, it's still doable. And as Brian noted, 
a long-term extension isn't dead in the water yet. All right, still to come here on The Vault, how is the relationship between Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick after number eight's childhood football idol blasted him on national television? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So one of Lamar Jackson's most vocal critics during his PCL injury rehab was former NFL quarterback and football analyst now for Fox, Michael Vick. Vick basically said that Lamar should suck it up, throw a brace on that knee, and play in the wild card matchup against the Bengals, Sarah. And it went viral as you would expect it would. Yeah, because it was pretty blunt and to the point. I mean, it's hard to forget what he said on national television. It's the playoffs, man. You three, yeah. ga- you three yeah. games away. Put a brace on it. Get it going. And look, put a brace it, on it. Let's it, go. It, it, it. Well, it's it, hard. It's hard to say that, though. Right. If we don't know. If he's really hurt. I don't know the extent of. I don't know the extent played, of his injury. I played you know the whole I mean? season on the on a sprained MCL. So yeah, I understand you know, if he's not I, ready. Whole season. But with check, a lower check. body injury, he's going to be up in the press box. He's not going to be on the field for me. Well, and don't forget, Vic said this right after they read Lamar Jackson's tweet about the severity of his knee. And in it, it said that he suffered a borderline grade three sprain, which means the ligament was nearly fully torn. And Lamar added that his knee was still unstable. Now, Bobby, I imagine it wasn't fun for Lamar to hear those comments from one of his childhood football idols. I mean, Lamar is on record saying Vic was one of his favorite quarterbacks growing up. And the two have met and spoken since Lamar was drafted and had formed a strong bond. So that's why Vic was asked by TMZ about the status of the relationship after his harsh remarks. Now Vic downplayed the whole situation and said he doesn't need to call Lamar to know that his words didn't hurt the relationship. Yeah, no, I, I didn't have to hit Lamar about that. Lamar, know, he know where I'm coming from, and he, he know I, I'm not. I'm, I'm a big fan. He, he, we like we we cool. Everything is all love. Everything is all now. RG three might have took it the wrong way, and, and his you know his situation was a little different. You know, this is Lamar. You know, fourth year, 
you know, it's a lot at stake, you know. So, you know, he ain't tripping, man. Like, we all got to stick together in this, and we all will. It's, it's it's a brotherhood at the end of the day, and we all speak up for one another, speak out for one another. So it's respect. It's love. Sarah, we both know this. Lamar is so even-keeled that almost nothing ever seems to really rattle him. Even after last summer's Twitter exchange with former Raven Bernard Pollard, Lamar basically downplayed the whole thing, and nothing really came of it besides some high-level entertainment for fans in the dead of offseason, right? I mean, just generally speaking, things do tend to just roll off number eight's back. Uh, that's definitely true, but you know who it doesn't roll off the back of as easily? Lamar's former teammate, Robert Griffin III. So RG3, to me, has acted like Lamar's personal security guard in the media. Oftentimes, I know fans really appreciate that. I mean, RG3 seems to always be trying to protect Lamar. And as you heard Vic saying in that video that RG3 took his comments the wrong way, the way he sees it anyway. And that's because after Vic's remarks went viral, Robert tweeted the following, quote, Anyone saying Lamar Jackson should just, quote, brace it up and go play? regardless of the extent of his knee injury, needs to get their head out of their, well, you know what, Bobby, I'll let, it, well, I'll let you fill in the blank there. That's a close quote. And then RG3 later added another tweet that had a picture of himself seriously injuring his knee while playing with a brace. And then he added this caption, quote, this is why you don't just put a brace on it and play. I played with no ACL and LCL from my brothers slash team changed the trajectory of my career. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I didn't have the luxury of that. Lamar does. He is doing the right thing, close quote. As for Lamar's future in Baltimore, Vic doesn't think Lamar's injury should play any role whatsoever in whether the team re-signs him. Listen to this. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a high market for, high demand for Lamar, but he's not leaving Baltimore. Like, Baltimore... It'd be crazy to let him go. Good quarterbacks are hard to find. I will say that. And Lamar's a guy that when you walk into the stadium and you got a chance to win, you know you got a chance with Lamar. So Baltimore, they're not that crazy. Who knows what's going on internally? We all from the outside speculate and look at it for you know what it should be or what it could be. And you know, that that's not really our place. It, it is my place as an analyst and our places as media to comment on it on what we may think. Don't necessarily mean it's true, but we can, you know, express our opinions and speculate. But um, you know, at the same time, being fair, you know, and not being critical about it. So, you know, I think the whole time, you know, as as I've watched this whole process, it's like you got franchise tags, you got a lot of different ways to meet in the middle. All right, Bobby, the offensive coordinator candidate carousel has been spinning in Baltimore, and it looks like the Ravens have zeroed in on at least one target who's earned himself a second interview. Yeah, partner, and we've mentioned his name before on the show. It's Seattle Seahawks quarterbacks coach Dave Canales, who got a call back. The 41-year-old has spent over a decade now on Pete Carroll's staff and played football himself, actually, at Azusa Pacific University on the West Coast from 99 to 2003. And, you know, Sarah, too, he has a pretty interesting background aside from football. I've done quite a bit of digging on him and I think you of all people will appreciate this specific clip I pulled from a sit-down interview Dave did with Tony Dungy just last year. You know going to school going to college in Southern California I was home every weekend at church and so the last 
couple years while I was uh, playing um, at Azusa Pacific, I would drive home and lead worship on Sundays. Mm. Um, which is unusual for a football player. Yeah, that is my kind of guy. But Bobby, football-wise, what else should we know about his resume? Yeah, so like I said, Dave has been with the Seahawks for a long time. Like, he literally came over from USC with Pete Carroll when his tenure in Seattle began all the way back in 2010. So he's got a lot of experience. But to me... What stands out about Dave the most is his versatility and longevity in a number of different roles that he served for Seattle, along with, and this is probably the most impressive, and that's Geno Smith's breakout season that truly came out of nowhere for the Seahawks in their first year without Russell Wilson under center. And I say Geno Smith because... Hey, Dave worked closely with him. He's the QB's coach, you know, and Gino went on to set three franchise records, which were all previously held by Wilson this year. One, single season passing yards, two, completion percentage, and three, completed passes overall. So it was a successful season in Seattle for them to make the playoffs, given all the change, right? Given all the the turmoil and the drama with Russell and the departure there, uh, definitely a successful season for Pete Carroll and company. And I think, you know, Dave's resume has to be spoken as, as exactly that. Yeah. And Bobby, the more you talk about him, the more and more I learn about him, the more and more he sounds like a John Harbaugh guy to me. Uh, But what other updates are worth sharing before these quick hits in the offensive coordinator category. It's basically just that ESPN's Jeremy Fowler is reporting that Bills wide receivers coach Chad Hall is expected to interview with the Ravens for their vacancy on Wednesday. And before we fly, some other quick news items you need to know. Beginning with this, from now on, when you refer to Tyler Huntley, you will need to address him as Pro Bowl quarterback Tyler Huntley. And that's because Snoop is officially headed to Vegas as one of the three quarterback representatives from the AFC. Now, he made it as a fourth alternate because Josh Allen and then the first alternate to Atunga Vailoa, second alternate Justin Herbert, and third alternate Lamar Jackson are all injured. Now listen, it still seems bananas that Huntley was voted in before several other starters, but at this point, it is what it is, and I hope Snoop takes advantage and enjoys every single moment. Elsewhere, Sarah Zeitler, who is the wife of Ravens guard Kevin Zeitler, tweeted that her husband has no plans of retiring. Zeitler will be 33 years old and entering his 12th NFL season next year after playing at a very high level in 2022. And finally... The Denver Broncos traded a 2023 first-round pick and a 2024 second-round pick to the New Orleans Saints to acquire Sean Payton as their next head coach. Now, ESPN's Jamison Hensley noted that this trade underscores the value that the Ravens have in John Harbaugh as their head coach because Payton has a slightly better regular season record than Harbs. But the Baltimore head coach has more playoff berths and a better playoff record. Both coaches have won one Super Bowl. Pro Bowler Tyler Snoop Huntley. I'm going to try my best there, Sarah, but I do have some questions about that one uh, based on the numbers. We love Snoop, but the numbers got me feeling a little confused there. But thank you for listening to The Morning Vault. As always, we created our show to keep you plugged into all things 
Ravens. If you've been enjoying our content, please tap that follow button and share it with a friend. By the way, Sarah and I just created a Patreon platform that now allows listeners to join one of our membership platforms to help support the show. As you may know by now, we have been betting on ourselves by creating content independently from any big broadcast station or corporation. So please consider signing up for a membership today so we can continue churning out daily Ravens content for years to come. You can check out what we're offering at patreon.com slash Ravens vault podcast. And we'd love to hear from you with comments, questions, or if you'd be interested in advertising, you can reach us by email via Baltimore Ravens vault at gmail.com. And that is all the time we've got today, but be on the lookout for a conversation with ESPN 30 for 30 co-directors Ken Rogers and Jason Weber, who will help us preview Bullies of Baltimore on the 2000 Super Bowl winning Ravens. Ravens.